funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to the Funniest People I Know radio show and podcast. We're off again this week, but we're bringing you some of the funniest moments of what people are calling the world's funniest podcast. Who's calling it that? I mean, everyone's calling it that. I just did. Fans are raving. Yeah, (laughs) people are loving it. I can't keep (laughs) the fans off my lawn. Same. With me once again is Abigail Williams. How are you, Abigail? How's your week going? It's been going pretty good. I feel like this last week has been two months, but not in a bad way. Have you performed any live comedy this week, perhaps? I have. I performed at Pond City Market out on the lawn with the Nonviolent Offenders. Shout out to my old sketch team. We were performing Dawson's Creek Live. I had never seen Dawson's Creek before, and... Thought it was hilarious. Then I watched the episode that our show is based on and thought it was phenomenal. George directed it. This is a really fun show. We had the chance to perform it in March, but it was Um. the night before the president declared the national emergency. So there were more people on stage than in the audience. Oh, wow. It was just starting. We had the opportunity to bring it back at the Pont City Market Outdoor Theater, and you joined the cast as the Raunchy Grams. The words I had to rehearse in front of my (laughs) one-year-old child. I don't know if he'll be in more therapy for that than me, but we'll find out, I guess, the older he gets. Every time I told people that Abigail was playing Grams, they'd go, wait, has she read the script? (laughs) They even seen me perform some of Christian of AC's work. That's a little Atlanta insider comedy talk. We're so famous. We just start dropping names. <laughs> dropping names. <laughs> well, enough log rolling. We're bringing you the best of the funniest people I know this week. Last week, we played one of TJ's lists, and I mentioned that the most controversial list ever was his ranking of Sesame Street characters. Yes. The voice you hear is actor Paul Christina, who was the guest on the show that week. Ranking all the Sesame Street characters. There's only 13 originally. Rank them how? Best to worst. Your best? My favorite to my least favorite. Oh, great. All right, let's hear it. Off the bat, Bert and Ernie, of course. There's no way you can separate them either. And Elmo, for sympathy reasons, I don't think I need to say, but number two, Big Bird, he's just big and yellow. And then Big Bird's imaginary friend, Mr. Snuffleupagus. Yay! Yeah, I feel like they're an unofficial duo. Are you going best to worst or worst to best? Best to worst. Okay. Okay. Then there's the Rosita, who's the only bilingual Muppet. And Zoe, who's just like a repeat Elmo character, somewhere wow. in the middle. And Abby, no one really remembers her. People? Exactly. I, I feel like it's two. gone all downhill after right. Snuffleupagus. Yeah. I think you forgot some people. <laughs> no, they're in the middle. I'm not done yet. Um, <laughs> and then there was Telly, who was just like always worried and had anxiety. I... And then we get to the Count, who yeah, counted. He should be higher. No, he counted everything. He caused me OCD as a child. <laughs> I counted everything yeah, that's as fault. well. Yeah. And then there was a cookie monster. Compulsive eater. I don't want... No, I can't. I can't. I can't. 
Oscar the Grouch, garbage puppet. He <laughs> lives in the garbage, <laughs> and he was so mean to everybody. This is our most controversial I mean, list. Yes. Yes. No. The internet is going to blow up over this worse. list. Yeah, I hate to see Twitter tomorrow. Oh. This is worse than the Whitney Houston conspiracy. <laughs> and then Grover, who was just straight up annoying. He's <laughs> my favorite. Grover, no. I know. Go away. So brother, I just met you, man, but I, we're in serious wow. disagreement with this whole list. Uh, well, Paul, I just met you, bro. What, which character do you think should I didn't know only one? Cookie I named all 13 that exist. Cookie Monster's way on top of that list. If you're uh, going best no. to worst, yeah. to me, it's just like you need to just flip that whole list. We were trying to end childhood obesity. I don't think he was <laughs> helping at the time. Just like every kid was big in my class. I'm going to be honest. I was not allowed to watch Sesame Street growing up. So for me, I'm vaguely familiar with these characters. But my favorite has been and always will be Cookie Monster. I think he really missed the mark on his ranking. He was all over the place with that. And you're right. The Cookie Monster is one of the most famous Sesame Street characters. I don't know why TJ hates him. And who hates on Oscar? Yeah, he's a jerk. I don't really understand the purpose of his character, but I liked the guy. Where was Big Bird? Hello, poster child of Sesame Street. (laughs) I'm improving on TJ's list. I have created George's list ranking the best Sesame Street characters. All right, let's hear it. Number one, we have Big Bird and his pal Snuffleupagus. Even as a homeschool child who didn't watch it, I know who that guy is, and I love him. Big Bird's the poster child of Sesame Street. He should have been at number one on the list. That's right. And fun fact that we're not going to get into, Snuffleupagus was one of my nicknames in college. Wow, we will be getting into that at a later date. Number two, Cookie Monster, a legend. Tied for three. Elmo and Grover. Okay. Grover is one of my favorites, but Elmo has become crazy popular. Elmo bugs me, but he's made for toddlers. Right. My son loves him. Yeah. The colors, the voice, toddlers love it. Grover kind of played that role for us that Elmo gets now. So I'm giving them a tie, even though Elmo would be at the bottom of my list. I think he deserves ranking because that Tickle Me Elmo was a phenomenon. For Bert and Ernie, number five, Oscar the Grouch. He taught us how to deal with curmudgeons, and there's going to be assholes in our lives, and we have to learn from children how to deal with them. And And, they need our love, too. And I identified with him. I'm a big grouch who lives in a trash can as well. And number six, the count. He's awesome. Anytime you count something, you go into ah, ah, ah at the end. And I hate it for TJ that he was too OCD for the count. I'm calling bullshit on TJ's list. Yeah, it's out. That list is out. George's list is in. And I think anytime we have TJ do a list again, we should be allowed to veto and redo the list right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a new rule going forward in this podcast. <laughs> One of producer Jane's favorite moments of the show happened later in the same episode. Paul Christino is still the guest. And in the writer's graveyard segment, I read a passage from an old travel journal I had found. George, you're in the writer's graveyard. What do you got? I came across this journal I kept when I went to Puerto Rico and the Dominican for the holidays Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. That was the winter I was going to be a travel journalist. I thought I was going to get a column with a magazine, and it didn't happen. But I kept the journal, and I found a testimony that my friend and I had written. We had been in a car accident in the Dominican Republic. We're okay. I'm here now. And we decided to write in Spanish 
what happened in this car accident. Neither of us speak Spanish. And so I thought it was pretty funny. So I put it through Google Translate, mm. and I have brought it here now. So this is the Google Translated version of our bad Spanish. We could presume that the officers reading this would have interpreted this translation in the way that you're about to read it. This is what we would have presented to court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wrote it down. I have the two testimonies. The first one is the one that my friend Kevin wrote. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and read Kevin. The trucko is an ass. Oh, God. On my left, and my eyes look at the trucko, and they are very big. The white car moves to the palm and goes, Weepa! <laughs> Lily looks at us and asks, All is well? And I say, Yes, Lily, and you? <laughs> Lily says, My God, Dios mío! And the other trucker goes without stop for us. George looks at the name on the trucko, and Kaylin looks at the other names on the trucko and says to Lily, Lily, phone the friend of the work for information. The car is down the street, and the palm is the car. <laughs> and Eleven, the car, is very sad because the water in the eyes of the car is on the street. That's a problem, dude. <laughs> That's a problem. Never with that. What That's a terrible a experience. Yeah. Then here's my testimony. We are in the car of Lily and Ramon. I'm talking about telephoning with my cousin because he is birthday. He is 23. But Lily looks at a trucko on the left and pushy, not a word, the car circle and the bad car music, which I assume is the horn. Now the car is on the palm and a plastic truck is flowing over us heads. Lily opened the door without looking for another car. I am very sad. I said, the car is not going because you want fire. I speak a question to Kevin for cigarettes. And walking to the beach for photos. And I talked to him with my cousin. I think that means I called my cousin. Aunt Con and Aunt Olin is with Kevin, Callan, and Lily. Ramon goes too. One man removes the other car circle, and Ramon says to Lily, Aunt Olin tell me about she an accident car too. I look at horse at the beach. <laughs> I'd love to hear what you guys think happened. Well, there was a trucko involved. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that trucko. And you and your well. friend were crossing the street on a horse. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. Who's the shady Ramon character, too? Who's that guy? <laughs> Ramon's my friend's husband who oh. left work and showed up to check on us. I think okay. a truck might have tried to drive up a palm tree. <laughs> yeah, a palm tree was right, like, significant. Right. And there was something hovering over the car, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> Some alien life form came down. Yeah. Yeah, there was definitely aliens. What was the plastic truck going I, over here? I'm not heads. quite sure what the plastic truck going over our heads was, but uh. somebody ran us off the road and we hit a palm tree. That oh is God. what happened in this accident. We hit a palm tree. That was so easy in English. Yeah. <laughs> On a level of one to wildly offensive, where are we with this? <laughs> I don't think it's offensive. It's how bad my Spanish was. And I had tried to learn it before that trip. Throwing O at the end of every word? <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible. Really? If you had not explained that story there at the end, I would have been completely lost. And I do speak some Spanish, so <laughs> I don't think it was me. <laughs> No, no, it was all us. And we were real proud of our Spanish. So it was really funny to take that testimony we wrote down and translate it and be like, we are idiots. I think it was a brilliant piece that <laughs> could have gotten us kicked off of the internet podcast, whatever <laughs> world. And I'm so glad that the podcast survived it.
Like Alex says, try not to get canceled before you get started. Right, exactly. Yes, that's a great life motto. (laughs) I'm adopting it. Last year, Will and Alexandria both got married. That's right. And they hijacked the podcast like they were Star Jones. Oh, man. All marriage and weddings and wedding planning and best man toasts. That's what people do when they get married. It's all they can talk about. And they think it's all everybody wants to hear about. And that's no offense to Will and Alex, because I certainly did the same thing. But it's kind of like a thing, isn't it? I just celebrated my wedding anniversary and was thinking back to that. And I was obnoxious on the other end. People would be like, let's talk about wedding stuff. I'm like, no, let's not. It's boring. And they're like, I'd like to have this conversation. Like, we're not having this conversation. I hate when people talk about their wedding stuff. I was like, you'll just figure it out when you get there. You are curmudgeon. (laughs) You are. Was Chris like that? No, Chris just let me do whatever I wanted to do. He barely participated in the planning. Go take care of this. Every dollar we spent stressed him out. So he's like, it's just better if you handle this. Yeah. People can just eat before they come, right? They can just stand there, bring their own beer, and then leave. Perfect wedding. That sounds like the perfect wedding. (laughs) I don't think it's acceptable, but it does sound like a great wedding. Weddings cost way too much money nowadays. I threw what many call the best wedding they've ever been to. And there's people who listen to this podcast that will agree and I spent less than $8,000. I Me was too. real proud of myself. My wedding was 6000 We didn't get to serve food like I wanted to. We were making our own appetizers. We had like a cake dessert bar. And it was on the cheapest end you could get. But my wedding was a whole heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody who spent over sixty thousand dollars on her wedding and look if that's you out there i'm not knocking you i'm just saying i would have been like hey dad can i have 10 grand for the wedding and i'll take the 50 just yeah like. yeah to each his own but i certainly didn't have that kind of money yeah same <laughs> but we made it but we made it we were married about a week before will's wedding newlywed alexandria decided to share some sagely wisdom from an old married lady alexandria how long you been married now we're working on, uh, I think it's like, when did I get married? I'm married. What? No, um, it's June, right? So two and a half months. Well, man, you're the most recently married person that I know. Mm-hmm. What advice you got for me? Well, I have a lot of great advice, things that have been passed on, some wisdoms, little insights. I just wanted to give you some of the best things that I've been told over time. Yeah. As a heading toward marriage. So, great. Thank you. Rule number one. You're married now. You have to keep your home clean in order to keep your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you don't, they're going to leave you. And clearly you're not a worthy person if you can't keep your home together. Wow. Dang. Wow. Who gave you that advice? It was my mom. It was my mother. This was last weekend. That's crazy. She loves me. We have a great relationship. She comes from the old school and that idea that a man wants their house clean and you cook for your man. Leon's getting none of that from here, okay? <laughs> he knew that going in. There's too many choices now, too. I think that's a problem. We have social media, yeah, one. Choices, but yeah. Two, you got Netflix options. What are you talking about? I mean, there's just so many options of everything. Well, here's a real thing. Mm-hmm. If you start a show and then you want to watch episode six and they're not around... 
And then they go, you didn't wait for me. Well, that's like a serious thing. No. Have yeah. you yeah. not cheated? Yeah. Listen, all you have to do is lie. Yeah. But that's cheating. But what it's if not they cheating. Ma- Just watch the episode twice. Yeah. Lie. You're going like, to yeah. come in with new reactions. Or are you going to keep the same reactions from the first time you watch the episode without your spouse? What if something crazy happens and they go, you would have reacted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your yeah. spouse is criticizing your acting. There's <laughs> <laughs> a thing to consider. Okay. Advice number two. Don't go to bed angry. Just go to bed plotting your sweet, sweet revenge. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be mad. Just go to bed figuring out how you're going to mess your spouse's day up mm-hmm. the next day. How are you going to get back at them? Yeah. Don't <laughs> give them their chits or whatever. You chips get for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, wow. Leon doesn't get any cooking. My housekeeping. Somehow I'm on Leon's side. I don't even know him. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about that advice? Don't go to bed angry. I tried that. It's impossible. Because you end up just fake being nice to someone. You're like, I don't want to go to bed angry. <laughs> Good night. I love you. <laughs> it's BS. I, I know. It's garbage, right? Sometimes you do have to go to bed angry because you may have to process what you're feeling. And the other person will deal and process with what they're feeling. Always feeling like you need to live by that rule could make it worse. The next morning, you didn't work it out because you were tired. And now exactly. you're sleep deprived. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what I like to do. I'm like... Listen, you go to bed, and I'm going to be angry, and I just stare at them as I fall asleep like this with an angry face, <laughs> and then that will teach them a lesson never yeah. to come that, at me again. That's what I do. You go to bed, and I'll just stay up until I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Brooding uh, over your sleeping yeah. body. Plotting. <laughs> Number three, do stay together for the sake of the children. It doesn't matter if the kids see you unhappy or sad or even if you and your spouse don't ever sleep together ever again. Kids need to see that life is awful sooner rather than later. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, if you hate their style, just burn their clothes. That's such good advice. You know? Mm -hmm. To destroy someone's property because of their choice in clothing? (laughs) It's your property now. You're married. Exactly. Terrible advice. Exactly. What is mine is yours, and what is yours is mine. Now you're starting fires for no reason? Come on. Have you ever seen Waiting to Exhale? That's exactly what I just thought of. It's like, Mm -hmm. it is trash. Right. I've always dreamed of being Angela Bassett throwing a cigarette at a car as it Mm -hmm. goes up. That's very Lisa Left Eye Lopez. (laughs) Aw, may she rest. And lastly, just agree with everything your spouse says so that when it does turn out to be wrong, you have a list of all the wrong things and you can now throw it in their face. (laughs) It's always about being supportive, but being able to know when you're right and having the power to throw that in your partner's Mm -hmm. face. It's a great way to leverage respect, power, sometimes balance if you want those things. It just seems exhausting. That takes a lot of work. I'd just be like, let's just get divorced. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, I can't spend my whole life plotting against you. That's true. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of hating each other. It's a that. lot of pretending to love. No, I, Two and a half months. Huh? Right, right? Are there any I happy quick. married people? Because every time I talk to a married person, they're always complaining about something. Like, Why did you get married then? No. I've heard of them. Right. You hear about them. They have reality shows. I think marriage is fun. It really is this cool little journey. And I think my best advice would be don't listen to the advice. It's all BS. I'm just going to put this right here. Okay. My only advice that I would ever give anyone is just go ahead and buy two separate tubes of toothpaste. (laughs) Save yourself a lot of heartache and just get two different tubes. All these other things that people mention fade away, fade away. 
two different toothpaste, two different closets. Call it. That's that is solid advice. That's that's really good right there. That's Thank sage you. wisdom from an old married lady. How that's right. Hey, this is my tenth year. December seventeenth, wow. we will celebrate ten years of marriage. Some years we have been limping along. Other years we've been crushing it. And yeah, so yeah. I just say we're in it for the ride. It's wild. It's fun. And two different tubes of toothpaste have saved us many a hardship. It's the small thing. My best advice, lie about the little stuff. <laughs> George no, and I are in disagreement on this kind of stuff all the time. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Don't keep a secret family, but they don't need to know everything. Don't keep a secret family, but go ahead and lie about the $5 Starbucks purchase. Is yeah, that- yeah, yeah. Treat wow. yourself and keep it your business to yourself. Wow. Well, some would say when you're married, your business is their business. What do you say to that? That is a great virtue. Oh, my gosh. Let's get Chris on the line. Chris, are you there? I am. Lucky he doesn't listen to the show during a pandemic. Hey. Oh, man, that's so funny. Alex had some solid tips in there. I haven't burned any clothes of Kevin because, one, I can't even imagine the process it would take to burn some clothes. I'm not that dedicated to anything. But I have for sure secretly removed clothing from his dresser, put them in bags, put them in a closet, waited a solid year. Mm -hmm. He noticed or missed them. And when that didn't happen, we're going to Goodwill. Chris recently came up to me. He's like, didn't I used to have a shirt like this? And I was like, God, I haven't seen that in years. But I I know exactly what happened to it. (laughs) (laughs) It has been years, but I did away with it. Oh, man. We got to do what we got to do. For me, it's about clutter. I don't like for there to be a lot of clutter in the house. So if you're not wearing it and it's taking up space, and because it's taking up space, other outfit choices keep going onto the floor, then I'm going to start sneaking your clothes out. For me, it's about fashion. If it's <laughs> ugly, I'm getting rid of it. If it's ugly, it's out. It's out. Oh, man. Well, I also really liked her advice about keeping your home clean, even though she said that that was really her mother's advice. Yeah. I am not a neat freak by any stretch, but I was giving her a solid yes when she said that out loud because I wanted Kevin to hear it. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was like, yeah, you should for sure listen to this. Keep your house clean. The secret to the success of my marriage is that early on, we realized we wouldn't make it if I didn't hire uh, every other week housekeeper. Hiring a cleaning service saved my marriage because otherwise we were fighting about chores all the time. And then suddenly they all became the other person's chores. Mopping, sweeping, countertops, kind of the basic stuff that I hate to do and he hates to do. And we were both getting mad at each other for not doing. We paid a little bit of money each week and the problem went away. I was like, that's some of the best money I've ever spent. Our problem is crap. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to send free condo to your house. We've Marie condoed it several times. I actually had Kevin watch all of her episodes with me. And I will say he adapted her, adopted her clothes folding routine. And he got way better at it than I did. Now, he really, you know, rarely does fold them. But when he does, it's going to be the Marie Kondo style. And I can appreciate that. I haven't been able to use her technique to declutter my house, but I've used it to declutter my social life. And I'm like, you're not bringing me joy. I like that. Yeah. That's a good use of her method. (laughs) One of the funniest 
guests we've ever had on the show. Besides me. Besides you. In addition to you. Okay, sure. But not as good as. Let's keep going. (laughs) Not as good as. The second funniest guest we've ever had on the show was Pilot Mike. We've had a lot of comedians, but he's just genuinely the second funniest person I know. He's currently a pilot for a major airline. He told us about a job he had before he became a pilot when he tried to be a server. Okay. Mike, one of the reasons that we wanted to bring you on the show was to talk about your brief foray into waiting tables in South Florida. Thanks for bringing it up. I almost had that buried, and here it is. I would love to tell you about it. I always thought I was a pretty personable person and that I would make a good server. I used to go to Shoney's every year for my brother's birthday dinner. And I remember saying, how hard can this be? (laughs) (laughs) They just say the salad bars over there. I'd like to apologize to anybody that works at Shoney's that listens to this show. I know now it is very difficult to wait tables. I just said, I can do that. I was in flight school, and I went to all the chain restaurants on University Drive there in Coral Springs, and no one would hire me. I didn't have any experience. They wanted me to be a host, and I didn't want to be a host. I thought, hey, I'm funny. I want to wait tables and make people (laughs) So you thought good service was mostly just about good comedy. Oh, I thought if I was a nice person and just refilled drinks and gave stuff away for free, I was going to be the best server. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Forget. I'll be here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm not senior enough to work the weekends. And, oh. tip, so. and only at lunch. Only at lunch. I went in Dan Marino's Fine Food and Spirits on University Drive, and I said, Hi, I'm Mike. I'm in flight school, and I really want to be a server. And they said, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was not good at it. You were a server at the Cheesecake Factory. That menu is 50 pages. That was impressive. Our menu was about three or four pages. It was very generic. (laughs) And I was still under that mindset that I'm funny and I'm personable and I'm going to be the best server that's ever walked in here. Mm -hmm. Boy, was I wrong. Well, let me backtrack a little bit to before I got suspended. (laughs) I was only 20. I was allowed to work in a bar, but I couldn't drink at said Mm -hmm. bar. I really was lacking in my alcohol expertise, and I studied the menu, and I passed the menu test, and I said, I'm going to crush it. Yeah. It was my first day, first table. Woman looks at me, and I said, would you like anything to drink? She says, yes, I'll have Long Island iced tea. I had studied the menu, and I knew that we didn't have Long Island iced tea. Because we had Arizona iced tea. So I said, no, I'm sorry, we don't have that. It's only Arizona. And this woman dies laughing. (laughs) And I'm sitting there with this look on my face like, I passed the menu test. I got a 78%. (laughs) Wait wait a second. You had this level of confidence? You didn't even have at least a 90? No, it was (laughs) okay. I scored a 78 and proud of it. I had a barely passing grade. But somebody called out six, so I hadn't taken the bar test yet. She said, no, you have it. And I was like, this lady hilarious yeah okay yeah i'll go get you some long island iced tea thinking she won't know the difference so i bring back iced tea (laughs) i'm like found some here it is you're right we had it she's like this is iced tea i said yeah i know she's like ask your bartender for a long island iced tea she thinks i'm messing with her the whole time and so she sees this comprehension dawn on my face (laughs) that I really don't know what a Long Island iced tea is. So I go 
And embarrassed, I said, can I have a Long Island iced tea for that table over there? I think I'm just crushing it. I'm making people laugh, some on purpose, some not, most not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in this phase where I think if I'm funny and charming, everyone's going to love me. And this guy comes in, and the first thing out of his mouth is, how is the pork chop prepared? (laughs) You laugh because you've worked in a restaurant, and you know what that means is you have a mystery shopper on your hands. (laughs) I don't know that. I'm new to the industry. I'm not a seasoned vet. So I was like, I don't know. I'll go ask. And so I go, and, hey, chef, how's the pork chop prepared? He looks at me and says, it's grilled. How do you not know that? I go back and say, oh, it's grilled. He says, okay, well, what does it come with? I don't know. Let me go ask. (laughs) Oh, no. I was like, I'm pretty sure it says on the menu, but I'm going to go ask. This is when I realized I am not a good server. It's all great. He asked me, do I have any recommendations for dessert? I say, yes, you need to get this chocolate chip cookie because it's insane. It's so good. I bring it out. The whole thing is gone. I come to check. I was like, how was it? He's like, it really wasn't good. I laugh. (laughs) Because we've all been there. Oh, yeah, it was so bad. It was terrible. I ate the whole thing. It was delicious. But he is dead serious. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Here's your check. (laughs) The next day I come into work and the new schedule's out and I'm not on it. Oh, no. And I'm so oblivious and so young. I say, hey, you messed up the schedule. I'm not on it. And they're like, yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, no. no. We're going to have a team meeting, and then we're going to talk about that. Cool. I like team meetings, team building, camaraderie. Come on, comrades. (laughs) Still no idea. I am the team meeting. (laughs) (laughs) He starts reading this shopper's report. Oh, my gosh. And everybody knows it's me because I'm not on the schedule. Oh, And every eye in the place comes at me. Oh, gosh. And I'm still kind of oblivious to it until he says, the hostess was great. The person to see me was great. And then I asked my server how the pork chop was prepared, and he didn't know. And I was like, oh, God, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, at the end of that, the manager comes up to me and he says, so, yeah, I can't really have you be a server right now. You can either quit. Or you can go be a food expediter in the kitchen. I was like, well, I don't quit anything because I'm young and I'm going to go be a food expo and I'm going to prove all these people wrong. <laughs> I was a food expo where I was really bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened really fast and there's hot sauces and hot stuff and it's spilling on my hands and burning me and I'm soft and I can't handle it and I'm sad because I want to be out there charming customers So I'm like, I'm going to get back out there if it's the last thing I do. So I'm a food expo for about two months. Take the menu test home, and I study. And I study, and I study. And I take the menu test. And I get a 100 (laughs) on the menu test. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, and a 100 on the bar test. And he's like, congrats, you're back on the floor. Go over there, we're going to have a team meeting. I'm like, all right, I'm getting inducted back into the floor. Yeah. Like, I'm back guys. <laughs> and so he says, I just want to say congrats to Mike. He worked really hard. He aced his menu test and he's back on the floor with y'all. However, this restaurant has been failing and we've decided to close it. <laughs> he didn't know I had just finished my flight instructor certificate and I was going to work for a flight school. So I was going to give my two weeks notice. Right. He says, if you all stay for two weeks, 
you will get a severance package. And he said, Mike, what did you want to talk to me about? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> smart. Smart. <laughs> okay. I was a homeschooled pastor's kid. And even I know what a Long Island I is. Like, what in the world? Like, when he started saying Arizona tea, I was like, what? Thank yeah. God he's a pilot and not a flight attendant. That's all I got to say. I mean. I appreciated how dedicated he was to learning and doing well even if he was a complete idiot. Right. And he could have easily walked out. But the fact that he was like, no, I'm going to do this. Impressive. I also don't like that they took him off the floor just after that one experience. They couldn't give him another chance. They could just let him try one more time or say, this is a big problem. You need to figure it out. Maybe that reflects on your bad management and training. That's you what I mean. On the floor who was not able to tell the difference between Arizona and Long Island iced teas. And he didn't even understand the question when it was like, <laughs> prepared. He was just kind of like, I don't know. Let me find out. If it was as important as all that to where he's getting either fired or moved to Expo, don't you think he would have at least known that he should know the answer to that question? But he didn't even seem to know that he should have known it. As the person who runs Expo at my restaurant, let me just say, that's offensive. Right. It's such a dumb job. (laughs) As you know, one of my favorite things to do on the show is to pick on TJ. Will had this idea. He wanted to celebrate classic radio plays. He found a CD of The Lone Ranger and selected an episode to play on the show. He played clips from a story about the Lone Ranger helping a boy who bought a horse and then entered him into a championship race to win $500. Life-changing money. Yeah. After we listen to the play, and it's high energy, and, and they're at the race, and the horse wins, and it's like, yay! We come back in, and TJ is freaking out. He's turned red, he's rocking in his chair, his demeanor changes, and so we're like, wait, what's going on with TJ? And we learned that we touched on some major hate he had for the Lone Ranger. Let's listen to that. I think you really have to appreciate just how heartfelt this stuff is. It's just, gee, golly, Billy! I was on the edge of my seat. That that was really (laughs) intense for a minute there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the race is really exciting, right? Yeah, it was like watching Seabiscuit. It reminded (laughs) me of the Derby. Shout out to Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby. Then Seabiscuit runs down the race. I can taste the juleps. (laughs) Oh, a julep. Can we make one later? TJ, aren't yes, you happy yes. for Solitaire yeah. and Billy? And TJ looks oh. like he's been stabbed 15 times. <laughs> I don't like radio show stories. I hate these. <laughs> My dad made me listen to these when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, was TJ, like, I was going to watch TV. I was was this triggering, TJ? A yeah. little. TJ uh, has to work through some Lone Ranger dad issues exactly. as well. Did you have to listen to this with your yes. father? Yes. <laughs> that makes so much sense. I don't sense. like it. That's why he's turned red in his in fetal position. <laughs> exactly. TJ is really distraught over here, guys. Because all he wanted to do was watch TV. I want to be left alone. I don't want to watch some radio show or listen to it. We're going to have to bring in a therapist. (laughs) It's all good. So was this something that you were forced to do? Yeah, kind of. And I feel like I'm doing it again. (laughs) I'm always forced to listen to the radio show. Yeah, you did. I've not seen him like this. I don't like this at all. Poor TJ. He's like rocking back and forth. I'm going to have to take TJ out of the studio and go him. It's a happy ending. Except for Solitaire is still stuck with that stupid name. (laughs) (laughs) 
TJ, that's a happy ending. Yeah, no. It's just like the whole tone is just, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you, Lone Ranger. TJ, I don't know. if what, I write a is. paragraph, I can sense this trauma. I want to help you work through it. Yeah. No, it was just yes. like an annoyance as a child. What if we wrote one, just a little segment of it, uh-huh. and we'll produce it, we'll do sound effects, the whole thing, Right. and you get to be the narrator. Yes. No. Yes. No. And it's a story. Oh, I think that no. would be perfect. No. It's a story. He's a little kid. Lone Ranger helps. Yeah. Mm. Hello there, TJ. You don't have to listen anymore. Yes. You don't have to, and then Silver can smash the radio. No, TJ, I think this is perfect. But it was like my dad was trying to make me relate to him. He wanted to love you, like, TJ. But see, here's the thing. You can turn it on its head, and yeah. now you can make your dad relate to you. Yeah, be like, listen to my radio, Dad, and he can cry. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a Lone Ranger meets TJ, and they work out their Talk differences. Talk about depressed. Why are you guys so terrible to TJ? I mean, I listen to this, and I'm concerned for his well-being, for real. You guys are like, this would be great fodder for our podcast episode. Like, what? It's all about content. I thought you were going to say it's all about comedy. We create comedy content. If you're listening to it as a kind, passionate person who cares about your fellow human. Yeah, me. Then yes, we triggered some radio play trauma and probably shouldn't have poked that bear. But if you're listening to it as a producer for a comedy podcast, oh wow, <laughs> you're like, we have to mine this for everything it's worth. Listeners, I hope you're getting a good taste of what George thinks about you. George assumes that you guys, in his own words, are like these heartless bastards out there just like, oh, yeah, I kill that guy. Like, yeah. he sucks. Let's figure it out. Let's poke him. But he didn't assume that any of you would be compassionate and care. <laughs> I'm not speaking for the listenership. I'm speaking for my terrible self. You're the curmudgeon speaking when you say that. You're speaking for your Oscar. <laughs> That's what we're going to say. Not your winning Oscar, Oscar the trash can guy. From oh, oh I, I definitely <laughs> took that wrong. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I am intrigued to know what happens next, but I was also disturbed on <laughs> TJ's behalf. If he's really rocking over there, what are we touching? Emotionally, Fair. just to be very Fair enough. None of us are licensed therapists, so right, right. We probably shouldn't have gotten into the hypnosis. <laughs> just <kidding>. what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but of course. In in fairness to you guys, TJ is an adult who is able to say, "I don't want to talk about this." So I'm not putting all the blame in your corner. Like he was willing to talk about it. So yeah, and he also he's not like. Oh, when I was a kid, a masked vigilante beat me up, and I'm traumatized by the Lone Ranger. He's like, I wanted to watch cartoons. That's TJ drama. Okay, TJ, I hope you're listening. We know you don't listen to the show. This is what George thinks of your trauma. Oh, man. All right, so what happens next? We surprised TJ a couple episodes later when Will wrote a sketch called TJ meets the Lone Ranger. Just to be clear before we do this, I'm pretty sure only licensed therapists are supposed to be walking people through past traumas with reenactments. I'm just going to throw that out there, but I'm willing to give this a listen. I took AP psychology in high school. Oh, high school. (laughs) Okay, let's listen to this thing. I got to (laughs) know. A radio show. TJ stands in his apartment, preparing for a date. Okay, popcorn, peanuts, a halfway decent Lombrusco. I'm ready to Netflix and chill. There is a knock at the door. Rock, TJ's Tinder date, enters. He has a deep, hulking voice. 
Yo, yo. What up, TJ? You look real cute in that V-neck Argyle sweater you got on. Thanks. It was on sale. I hope you like Lambrusco. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Pop it open. Ooh, hee hee hee. The bubbles tickle my nose. Who is this person? <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me run my fingers through that fluffy head of hair on your head. There is a louder knock at the door. Oh my, someone is at the door. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is so stupid. <laughs> I really need to get that door fixed. This is stupid. <laughs> Hello, TJ. Oh, my God. That's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid, TJ. It's your old pal, the Lone Ranger. You have to leave. Horses are not allowed on the seventh floor. (laughs) Live on the twelfth. Thank you. (laughs) I heard you on the Funny People podcast, TJ. You're holding on to a lot of pain. I came to help you. I don't want help from you, Lone Ranger. Now get out of my hallway before the neighbors see you. Now, TJ, over haste, never churned good butter. (laughs) Who is this? (laughs) Let's work out your daddy issues over a nice glass of warm beer. Ew, gross. Don't kid yourself, Lone Ranger. My father and I have nothing in common. (laughs) Who's at the door, TJ? Just my nutty neighbor. Be right there. Tonto the Indian rides up and joins the conversation. How, TJ? Tonto needs say something to Lone Ranger. Oh, no, not Tonto, too. This complex does not allow horses. I'm afraid we've failed, Tonto. TJ is stubborn as an old mule. Tonto have bad news. Robbers is approaching, looking for trouble. That Indian costume is cultural appropriation. (laughs) Tonto is so racist. (laughs) No time for that now. The good people of this downtown condominium are in grave danger. Take my extra pistol, TJ. Guns are scary. Let's call the police. Police not come in time. Use my spare bow and arrow. Ugh, fine. Tonto and I will confront the bandits and keep them busy. You sneak around back and take them from behind. I've heard that before. (laughs) Godspeed, TJ. Duck in cover. The bandits are approaching. Stand down, ruffians, or be in a mess of trouble. They still coming. Dear me, Tonto. We're losing the fight. Hope TJ comes soon to save day. Hold your wagons, bad guys. Yeah. Great job, TJ. Time to attack, Tonto, while they're distracted. I, 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 no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, I, no. That is so racist. It would have been had I said yeah. it. <laughs> TJ, they're getting away. Do something. I have an idea. Hey, Bandit, it's for you. Ooh, TJ, knock out Bandit with tiny magic brick. Great work, TJ. Because of you, the good people of Midtown are safe. Thanks, Lone Ranger. You're not so bad, I guess. I'm just angry with my father for being a bad listener and not watching cartoons with me. What? <laughs> wow. 
Bad memories are like snake poison, TJ. They eat away at your inside. I never wanted Dad and I to listen to the Lone Ranger on the radio. I just want to watch TV. <laughs> I know, little buddy. Which is why I brought you this four-disc DVD box set of the Lone Ranger TV show. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> Remember that you can't change the past, TJ, but you can change the bad feelings inside by showing kindness to others and sharing all the love in your heart. Wow, thanks, Lone Ranger. Now get back inside. You've got some Netflix and chillin' to do. How did this go for him? Is he doing any better? Well, I've never seen him wince at mentions of the Lone Ranger again, so I think it worked. Solid he win. He seemed to think it made him feel worse. But he I'm seems sure I'm to think, right. You know, he wouldn't know. You <laughs> over here with your AP high school psychology, you would know. Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. Yeah, I got a solid B plus in that class. B plus is better than many, right? It <laughs> well, was taught at well, 9 in the morning. There was no way I was going to get an A. I actually want to do more sketch therapy. I think we should take incidents as they come up in our lives and explore them through sketch comedy. I like it. This is a new bit we're coming up with right now. And, of course, we'll start on you and TJ and Alex and see how it goes. Yeah, no, we'll start with you, <laughs> Mr. AP High School. You're going down first. <laughs> Just look out, America. We don't know what's going to come of this. But I guarantee you it will be great. It'll at least be funny. That's right. Abigail does... It make you nervous to join the show knowing that nothing is sacred? Yeah, knowing that you guys are complete psychopaths. Yeah, <laughs> no, it makes me excited. I think that we have a lot to explore and a lot to talk about. And I'm excited to get to know you guys even more and TJ even more as his only advocate. I just think that we're not done finding out about the depths of him yet. We're going to get to the bottom of him. That's going to be one of my main goals for this series. He's a dissertation. Exactly. So, no, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excited. Awesome. Well, thank you, Abigail. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. I appreciate you joining me again today and walking down memory lane. Absolutely. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to our producer, Jane Boynton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please review, like, subscribe, and share with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Audible. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. And it better be a nice email. (laughs) (laughs) Or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Funniest People I Know. We're off again one more week, but check in with us next week for our last best of episode. Have a hilarious week. Bye. Ta-ta!